PR is for every business owner out there. Every business or brand's PR, their PR will look different. Your PR will look very, very different to someone else's. Um, PR is about building brand awareness of your service, of you as a founder, of you as an expert. You're listening to the Bookkeepers Podcast, sponsored by Zero. I use Zero's accounting and bookkeeping software to manage my clients' accounts, and I love it. If you haven't tried it yet, head over to zero.com with an X, and you can either start a free 30-day trial or sign up to Zero's partner program to join their amazing community, forward-thinking accountants and bookkeepers. Hi, and welcome to the Bookkeepers Podcast. I'm Zoe Whitman. I'm here with Joe Wood, and we're joined by Rosie Davis-Smith today, and we're going to be talking about PR. Um, hi, Rosie. How are you? Hi. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, we're really excited to catch up. I know you met Joe at an event recently, and Joe was like, Rosie needs to come and have a chat. Um, tell, tell us, Rosie, a bit about your background and what you do. Um, so I uh, support uh, 450 uh, product and e-com businesses uh, to do their PR in-house, which means to do it themselves, whether it be the founder or someone in their team. Um, Previously before that, I ran a PR agency for 12 years, um, again, working with product and e-com businesses, but hopefully I'll have some good tips for you today on kind of service PR. Um, and I actually don't come from kind of a traditional PR background at all. Um, I was kind of finished university, I did a textile degree, I was really creative. Um, I was doing an internship, as you do when you finish a creative degree and you have to intern everywhere. And um, during one of the internships, I was given the task of doing PR on behalf of a product-based business or a knitwear brand. And um, she gave me a pile of magazines and said, I want you to call them up and email them and pitch our product in. Um, and I was just blown away. I could not believe that that is how, sounds so stupid, but that is how you spoke to magazines. I didn't realize that people kind of pitched to them. Um, and I was just thought, wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, and then a few weeks later, started to get responses um, and kind of a few weeks, months after that, started to see coverage come through. And I thought, this is unbelievable. I can't believe it's that easy. And granted, she did have a, well, she does have a very, very strong brand. The brand's very strong. She's got great imagery. She's got great, great products. So I was lured into the fact that like, kind of the would be a false security that it was really really easy but it was it was easier than I thought it was going to be so uh, I thought this is it I'm gonna I'm gonna do this PR thing um, and from there kind of did it freelance then started my first agency. Wow I love Rosie's story I, I, I want to talk Rosie more about that your pivoting in Covid before we get into helping the other bookkeepers and accountants that are listening about how and why they should be using PR for their own small businesses. Because so me and Rosie met, uh, we was both invited to sit on a panel to speak to um, the CEO of Zero and the, like the senior leader, or I can't remember what they called it, XLT, like yeah. you know, the senior leadership team of exactly. Zero. Leadership team. <laughs> exactly. And we were sat on a panel and we had to share our stories. And I, Rosie went first. I was listening to her story and I was like, oh, my God, your story is amazing. And then we got chatting afterwards. And I was like, you need to come and speak to our bookkeepers because you have created, um, you've created like the traditional service-based um, PR agency. 
where you are a service-based industry looking after other business owners, very similar to bookkeepers, but then you pivoted and thankfully you pivoted just before COVID into that one-to-many kind of model, um, all while moving across the country, having children. And so the fact that you did that, you you said like your normal, like bricks and mortar business would not have survived. Um, Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Because I just think it's really interesting from from a female entrepreneur point of view, how you went and had to change everything. Yeah, um, sure. So I started the first agency. I, I founded it in 2013, but we kind of were operating before that. And um, between 2013 and 2017, um, we had a great business. We worked for some amazing econ brands. I kept getting approached by... Um, smaller businesses, maybe solo founders that didn't have enough budget or weren't quite ready or didn't have enough product. They weren't at the stage to work with an agency. Um, and I think PR had a bad reputation anyway, because lots of agencies would have taken them on, taken all their money and they wouldn't have seen the results. So I kind of turned a lot of business away um, during that time. And I thought that there has to be something, there has to be a second business in this or a second offering. Um, so in 2017, I kind of tested a model of, selling the information on a subscription basis um so charging kind of three percent of what you pay with an agency and they could do it themselves and within the first two weeks um the first brand received their first piece of coverage in the metro so i thought this is great we'll run with this um so i kind of had a i hate the word side hustle (laughs) sometimes but it was a bit of a side hustle that we had a team and one 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 member of staff would kind of dipping in and out of like the side hustle, if you like. We had kind of 50, 60 members, maybe. It ticked over, it was just kind of another revenue stream, but I had registered it as a completely separate limited company. Thank God. Um, And then in 2020, uh, so agency was kind of much bigger at this stage, eight team of eight and PR dispatch was this little side hustle, kind of someone dipped in and out. And um, I was about to go on maternity leave in February, 2020 and um kind of my first daughter came and then covid started to kind of worry everyone um and by kind of mid-march uh 90% of our contracts have been cancelled at the agency everyone panicked everyone cut budgets as everyone did um and so we only have 10% of revenue left uh so I've decided I could at this point there was no kind of furlough so I thought I could kind of hand over, give everyone their notice or I can try and pivot them onto PR dispatch and grow that. And I can already see some interest happening, like the signups were increasing and we were doing nothing. Um, so I pivoted the whole team onto PR dispatch, a lot of late night um, kind of video calls, me kind of with a baby bouncing, <laughs> trying to explain how to run this business that they'd never had any part in. Um, and PR dispatch completely exploded. Um, kind of we went from 60 kind of members to over 500 um it grew really really quickly um probably much quicker than i could handle um and managed to keep most of the team um which was great and i'd kind of been thinking during this time you know i've just had this baby um i don't want to be doing i don't want to be running an agency for the rest of my life i don't i I, I mean agents everyone will know agency work it, it can be it can be really hard sometimes, especially with PR, where there's no guaranteed there's no guaranteed outcome. You can pitch to the press, pitch to the press, and pitch to the press. It doesn't mean you're going to get featured, and that in an agency model is really really hard. Um, 
So kind of as we went through 2020, 2021, I had a second baby. Me and my husband moved from London to Devon. And I thought this is the right time to let go. So um, yeah, in 20, I think it's January 2021, I closed the agency and just got PR dispatch now. Much nicer way of life, much happier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Less people yeah. on my case. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that because I had a similar experience of COVID and um, you know, I work with a lot of creative businesses and I a lot of things that you know my sort of story echoes that so um, I think it's really this is really important for anyone who's listening to this or anyone who was involved in our boot camp sessions last week I've been having lots of conversations with people who are getting ready to start their business and obviously when you start any business it is a change it's something new it's a new skill set you have to learn um you go on a journey you suddenly like all this stuff is completely new like you haven't you don't even, you don't even know that you know how to sell anything like you're like I'm sure I can do this but until I've done it I can't believe that I can do it you know there's lots of that and I think what's really important from what you've just said and totally from my experience too you never unknow what you know from business Everything you learn from building a business, even if that doesn't become the business that you run in the future, that knowledge never goes away. You only learn lessons from that. So um, and I think how like finance people and, you know, you're a strong businesswoman as a finance person or, uh, you know, someone who cares about their business doing the best. You're going to understand the numbers like you said to us, you know, you had 10 percent of your revenue um, as a finance person as well you're going to know what's happening in your numbers all the time. And that is what allows you to make the right decisions. So everyone who's in this community thinking, oh, you know, all the lurkers, if you saw, if you're on our email list and you saw my email today, maybe saying, you know, if you're a lurker or you're, you want to start, but you're just not sure, remember this, like you are in such a good position because you do understand your numbers and that means you can make decisions better than anyone. So um, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Um, I think, and I think there are lots of people watching this who will be thinking, isn't PR just like a celebrity thing? Like if they've like got drunk and something's gone wrong, do they need someone to come and help them sort it all out? <laughs> is PR just for celebrities and big brands? I love that question. Uh, no. <laughs> PR is for kind of every business owner out there and kind of every business or brands PR, I work out with brands, so I use my brands a lot, but business owners, um, their PR will look different. Your PR will look very, very different to someone else's. Um, PR is about um, building brand awareness um, of your service, of you as a founder, of you as an industry leader, um, as you, have, uh, you know, uh, of you as an expert, if you're an expert in a particular field. Um, so PR is about building that awareness, making people aware of what you do, whether that be in the industry or that be kind of on a more kind of national level, if you like, where I think it's kind of, you think about it more like celebrities, but actually you can still get national press. You still get featured in the Guardian, you know, maybe you've got an opinion or you've done something quite in uh, interesting, or maybe it's about your personal life, but they put a backlink into your business. Um, but it's really, really important for awareness it's also really important for credibility um like I know kind of from following Joe like super credible super credible um and even just being kind of affiliated for me as a business I know Joe and I said we both like sat on kind of a panel and answered some questions for zero but I've actually had a lot of PR through zero um 
So they've interviewed kind of us about a four-day work week. They've interviewed us about um, uh, kind of other things to do with my business. And that's actually PR for me. Um, so I think if you can start to think about PR as a an awareness exercise and as an exercise to make you look credible, um, hopefully it will transform kind of the way you go about it. Yeah. And can you talk to me a little bit about the idea of a brand and a personal brand? Because I think that maybe bookkeepers don't recognise that they have a brand or know how to build one particularly. Yeah. Um, so a personal brand actually is coming up more and more and more at the moment. Um, and it's so important. Um, so personal brand um, would be about... Um, you know, your opinion, your experience, your background, your stories, and they might be business related. Um, I've written down some examples here, like four day work week. Um, Rachel, I know you know her from Accountant She, um, is a really good example of personal brand. She's a great example of personal brand. And I was actually on her Instagram um, before, and I was, I was looking at all the different kind of um, different kind of threads that she's talking about and she's talking about you know hiring a team of 18 in her 20s so that might be a really good angle for her personal brand you know how when she's at 20 you know that'd be a nice kind of line how I'm managing 20 people in my 20s would be a really nice pitch for her to pitch in so that would be personal brand you know I also saw she's very good at productivity like organizing her week so she might write a piece for a magazine on productivity so that's all personal brand You've then got like more of um, the business kind of side of it. So that's more as your, like of your company as a whole. Now in accountancy, and you guys might be able to chip in here, I don't know what that looks like, but I know for kind of product-based businesses, it's more of what they offer, what they sell, um, what they kind of do uh, as an offering. Um, it's more about the service or the product rather than the person. But I think for accountants, personal brand is really really important your knowledge your experience your expertise yeah absolutely I mean I think it's about the value that we can bring and like from the business side of things it's about understanding I suppose um that the business brand is in line with you know you, the personal values as well sorry yeah. I've got this dog trying to get off my lap um so um but also like yeah sharing like the values of the whole business not necessarily just the personal side of things and also like you said you know you could talk a lot more about the service and how you help people and why they want to engage you know like Zero's really always been really good if you think on them about their um business brand you always get you understand the ethos you understand the environment you can imagine what it's like to work there by looking at their tv ads and you know when they do zero con and things like that you think oh you know it must be a cool place to work and what i've always said to them is they need to do and they have done better at things about getting the individual personal brand of the people behind so when we got to meet sukinda we were like oh this is the ceo it's for us we need to know the people behind the whole brand too don't we I think it's definitely good to have a, a mixture of both because I, I know as it means I've spoken about this lots in the past um, and we still see it now even in our community people join the community under their logo and we're like you're not a logo you're a person we need to see the person behind that brand and you know that you know, when we started thinking about websites back in the early 2000s it was just like 
those images of pretend people working at a computer or loads of pictures of calculators and no one wants to see a calculator. Like we, we get it. So it's really interesting, but I think this whole PR thing feels, um, and I hadn't thought of it. Like when you said about zero, I hadn't really thought about the fact that when we do get the opportunity to do webinars and when we get to do maybe sit on a panel or speak at events, um, industry news, that's all PR too. It doesn't have to be, the Telegraph or the Guardian or, you know, that kind of magazine thing. Actually, in our own bubble, there's loads of opportunities to get in press and on. I mean, me and Zoe have done things with Accounting Web and we've written articles and things. That is all still getting out there and getting that credibility out there. So for bookkeepers thinking about this, you know, you're maybe a one-man band, you've started out. where, Where should they think about or look for opportunities for PR when you're really first starting out? I think exactly what you just said, that kind of those micro niches, um, I think that's a great place to start because A, you probably have, you have an increased opportunity of being featured and B, it gives you the confidence. You know, it's quite, it can be quite daunting pitching to the Guardian, Um, can be quite terrifying. So if you can start in an area you feel comfortable in so that might be some local press you know maybe magazines that are local to you maybe you kind of you're just starting out maybe you've got a cool workspace and you know you're doing something involved with the community and local businesses you've got a little bit of a story there that might be a good place to start or maybe it's um you know online micro niches to the accounting world that you could write an article for I think what people don't do and I see so much especially when they want we call this profile press um when they want this kind of profile press is they're they're not doing anything themselves so they think you know we can launch a I can launch a business and you know I don't have to have the social media channels and I don't have to have a YouTube channel I don't have to have a blog I'm just going to go to the press and they're going to feature me well it doesn't work like that you have to have a presence and you have to position yourself as an expert within your field um you have to be creating some sort of content you don't need to be doing everything you don't need to be on every single channel but you do need to be doing something so either you've got a blog where you're writing you know interesting articles it doesn't all need to be about accountancy it could be about you know like you said you specialized in creative small businesses Zoe like it could be you know uh you know five things we're noticing with creative small businesses at the moment it could be industry related you know it just creating that content having those talking pieces will make you an expert and then sharing them on LinkedIn you'll know how powerful LinkedIn is like sharing them on LinkedIn if you have a kind of a videos more your medium having a YouTube channel I remember I, I told you Joe I found my accountant on YouTube I found him on YouTube he's been my accountant for 15 years um and yeah I just watched his YouTube videos to learn how to do it and then I hired him because I realized I definitely couldn't do that but having that presence it not only brings in customers it makes you an expert in your field so I'd say before you kind of start thinking about reaching out to the press start creating some content on your own channels oh that's so good because I think often we have this conversation about well if I tell everyone how to do it they're not going to want to hire me because I'll be able to find everything they want online the thing is that people find it but then they're like oh actually yeah I do need someone (laughs) I've I've given so much I've probably done over a thousand workshops maybe more and written god knows how many kind of 
at blog posts and content and delivered free content for a number of different platforms over the past 10 years, I would not be sitting here if I hadn't have done it. And people still come because there's something I can offer that they can't get easily or they can't do quickly. Um, I think it's so important. You have to be visible. You have to position yourself as the expert and that is the best way to do it. Mm. How You mentioned the idea of having a story um, if you were going to a, um, a magazine editor or somebody with with saying, I want to be featured, you can't just say, please feature me. <laughs> um, but um, you need to have some kind of story to share. Um, what is of note? What kind of things are, I know this is really broad, this is a really broad one because we could be talking no, it's about a great question. any publication ever. But if you think about like your local your local magazine that comes through the door, I feel like there must be an opportunity for everyone locally there. Um, you're like national newspaper, glossy magazine. Like I remember when Joe and Joe and I were in Women and Home or something, and I was like, Ooh. really want to be in like Marie Claire. And then someone said to us, Oh, they don't print that anymore, it's only online or something. But I feel like they would all have very different needs in terms of what they'd want to include. And we ended up sharing something about like 50 finance tips or something. Um, but I wondered, like, what yeah, what what is a good story what do, where do you start so I think so I think I think this okay there's two things you can do I think the first thing is to establish maybe a number we call them angles a number of angles for you and your business so I'll give you mine for example um for, so for the business it's like four day work week and um, how we've transitioned from a London-based PR agency into a completely remote kind of team how we're navigating that as a team what makes it tick and what makes it work and then personally um if you want to do personal PR there's kind of the more you open up your life the better coverage you're going to get so I've been I've probably had 15 features on I've got chronic insomnia so I have 15 features on that how I navigate that with work how I navigate that with the team how I navigate it with children like we've pitched all different angles in on that Another one that I'm doing is kind of working parent. I've got two under three. Um, so, yeah, navigating um, that. And we also did the relocation from London to Devon. So sometimes it's not even about the business. Sometimes it's just about, I got featured in the Telegraph about, uh, my husband hated me. Um, but the, the article was called Extreme Pandemic Relocators. Um, and the Telegraph did this article about people that had like stream relocated during the pandemic um and we had to have a photographer here that took a photo of us anyway he hated me um but it got it put me in the telegraph but most importantly it put pr dispatch in the telegraph and when they put it online they put a link to pr dispatch and a backlink and that is so valuable the telegraph would never feature me otherwise they're not interested in pr um so sometimes you have to open up your personal life so kind of once you've established those angles you then want to look at each publication individually and figure out what about what about your story is going to be of interest to that publication so if you're pitching to um kind of so grazia for example again grazia aren't interested in kind of the business side of it the four-day work week they're not even really that interested in insomnia but they've got kind of a counterpart called the juggle where they talk about um you know mothers and working mothers and so i wrote i pitched an article for them on um like five things i learned from my last maternity leave that i'll take into my uh, my next one as a business owner 
So look at that publication, figure out what about your story, what about your angles is going to be most relevant to them and then go to them with that idea. They will normally, you know, they'll normally follow a certain pattern. So they'll be producing similar content. So they might have like an article like a day in a life and they'll feature a founder and it'll talk through, you know, their day to day. What about your day to day would be of interest for that publication. So the more you can hone in, there's this horrible approach to PR that people take that actually a few of kind of kind of PR experts really, really hate. It's called the sp- uh, the prey and spray. So it's, it's when you, sounds horrible, doesn't it? It's when you like just spray out a load of press releases. Oh, it's just horrible, it's horrible, it's horrible. And send a load of press releases to 400 press. Can I just tell you, if you do that, you will not get one response and you'll get no coverage. If you send out five very carefully crafted emails to very particular publications because you've thought about, you know, your local publication, what's of interest to your local publication about your story? Oh, well, it's a fact, you know, I'm giving away five free consultations to locals this month. You know, I'm opening my doors for an open morning for local businesses to come more about and learn more about their tax returns. I'm, you know, taking on apprentices from the local school. What about your story about your local story is going to be of interest, that publication, and pitch that in. Um, Take time to craft them. We say to our members, try to send five to ten a week. But I think when you're doing this type of press, three to five a week, um, you know, is more than most people are doing. Sorry, I went really on a tangent then. (laughs) Uh, No, I I love it. And I think it was uh, someone said, you know, love the lateral thinking because I suppose, you know, if you look at each publication and think about, well, what is it the readers are wanting? And then think about what do I have in my story? And then, you know, a personal story or whatever it is. And then, and love the thing about the backlinks because the backlinks are amazing. What an amazing tool. But if you've got nothing for people to go and search, if you haven't got a website or if you haven't got, any social media for someone to go and because if people did want to go down that rabbit hole and look into you there's going to have to be some other credibility they're not just going to take one um even if it was the telegraph they're going to be like well how do I speak to this woman what you know how can she help me so it's really interesting that you're saying that way round, and I think that's a really something for people to take away if you have got no no online presence whatsoever then that's the first thing you need to be thinking about. And like you say, not everything, you don't have to do everything, but you've got to have a few, like a pillar piece somewhere. LinkedIn is amazing for that because LinkedIn always comes up when you search people's names and things, isn't it? Is it like the algorithms work really well? And it can be, I used it as my kind of live CV website before I had a website um, and was able to put articles up there, just thought leadership things, or even just commenting. And I've got loads of people on them. It's just from doing a few a day it's not by you know making it a massive massive thing and just engaging um I I love the way that you have kind of thought about okay what are my stories that someone might want to listen to and when you said it it's you'd already told us your story and we were interested naturally because it is interesting you know you've done some amazing things but sometimes we don't see ourselves that it's story worthy so maybe yeah. you need to have a chat with someone else because we just think it's just life, isn't it? <laughs> you know, building a business around family and Zoe does that too. And I, do, you know, I do it too. And I follow loads of people on like TikTok that are like, tell me you have teenagers without telling me you've got teenagers. And they open up a, like their cutlery drawer and there's like one knife, one fork. And I'm like, yes, oh my God, that's my life. But 
and that's it. You want to read about people that you resonate with and doing similar things and know mm -hmm. that even people in your position are able to achieve amazing things and they've overcome those things. So think about the things that you've overcome. Think of the things that are a bit wacky in your life. And then don't worry about it having that business. I do that return thing. No one cares about that bit. But if they they'll be they'll go down the rabbit hole and find you, which is really yeah. interesting. I, I actually have a member. Um, she's fantastic. Her name is Sarah. She's if you're anyone wants to look her up, she's Sarah, the Dartmoor artist. And she actually started her business because she sneezed. And it's such I, I'll tell you the story now, but it's such a good press angle. And she's had so much great coverage of it. So she sneezed and it kind of it was really serious. It like basically paralyzed her, like bedridden. She's fine now, but like temporarily paralyzed her. She couldn't walk, she couldn't do anything from a, like, it was like a chronic sneeze. And then she was so bored that she started and kind of mentally, like obviously really, really down because she couldn't get out of bed, started crafting. And um, then that led to her starting this brand. But that story, it just that that one light you I saw both your faces. It's it's such a clincher and people want to read more about it. So you're so right, Joe, in saying people want to, and especially the press, they want to see that you've kind of uh kind of experienced something and then learnt from it and experienced something and learnt from it. And I think that's a really good kind of angle to go in with when you're looking at your life what did you experience what what hard it doesn't have to even be a hardship but what did you find challenging and what did you do to overcome it nice so we've been talking about like outreach in terms of mm. thinking I've got a story here I I need to pitch it to someone um I I, I used to follow on in the days I used to log into Twitter use or x I used to follow the journal request hashtag and I managed to get myself in the Sunday Times um yeah um but the and that was by listening to like journalists asking for comments on particular things and I feel like that was a strategy a few years ago how are there other opportunities is that still a thing um and are there opportunities that as business owners because I think maybe if you don't feel like creatively minded, you might not be sat there thinking, oh, what story could I pitch this week? Mm -hmm. But there might be an opportunity that comes up where you have an opportunity to give your input and show yourself as the expert. So how do we look out for those kind of opportunities? Um, present journal requests is definitely a good way to do it on Twitter X. Um, not quite there yet with the change. Um, they still do it. That's that, that Telegraph article that I told you about, the extreme pandemic relocators, that was a present journal request. They they sometimes are looking for an expert comment, um, but a lot of the times it will be personal life. So you might see something on there that's kind of relevant to your personal life. And if you do, and you're happy about talking about it, I do recommend going for it. Um, for you guys, something else this is really good is a Facebook group called Lightbulb. Um, so as a service-based business, like that might be really good for you because it's very, very service focused and they're often looking for experts. I think it's about five pound a month I could be wrong um but worth maybe looking into that as well as another way to do it um but I'd say that's kind of the two two best ways without getting into really big money for platforms and that's the thing I think people always assume PR sounds expensive and I think people think that you need to have somebody helping you with your PR but actually like you say there are other ways of doing it you've just got to kind of like even listening to this has made me realize 
it's not as complicated as you think. And we did, we signed up, we had light bulb for a while, didn't we, Zoe? And we were using that as, I mean, what a great, great idea that that yeah. group is. I mean, such a, such a clever idea. So, I mean, if somebody was thinking, I really want, you know, I've built up this business, I've got some online presence, I really want to have a big, um, you know, big push with PR. If someone was going to spend money and do something, is, is, is it worth doing that? Or are you better off just putting in the work and going out there like three to five times a week and try and get that piece out there yourself? I don't know if this is too controversial to say. I don't think, I don't think in 10, 15 years, PR agencies will exist. Um, I think it'd be very interesting. I ran one for 10 years. There's a lot of very successful PR agencies out there. But I think more and more and more and more people are more interested in the person behind the brand or the team, as you said, you know, zero. We want to get to know the team, the teams behind the brand, the people. People are more interested in people now. And what working with a PR agency does, and I feel like I can say this because I ran one for so long, is it puts in a middleman. So it puts someone between the business owner and the press. And that makes connecting with people hard. That makes getting your story like across perfectly in kind of your way. I think that makes it really, really difficult. It makes you hard to connect with them on other platforms. And I just can't see in 15 years how that will work considering we want such personal connections now I think it it is worth PR can be time consuming you know and I think as a founder or as a business owner or is you pitching you sometimes imposter syndrome sets in and you get the ick and you know it'll go to the bottom of your to-do list because you're like procrastinating around it and to be honest you probably should be doing other things so I think something that is really good is having someone to do the legwork. Um, like for me, Kate, who works in my team, she does all of kind of the pitching um, for everything. I know that you guys have spoken to her. Like Kate does all the pitching and um, then I answer questions or kind of do the podcast. And that really works because if it was me doing it, it would never get done. So I think that it's something beneficial in getting someone on your team or someone like that's working for you, even if it's just a few hours a week to like do that legwork. But at the start, I don't see anything wrong in kind of you reaching out um, yourself, but definitely do not, do not spend money with a PR agency. Um, it's extortionally expensive. And I just think the press want more and more personal connections. Oh, that's interesting. So we can make this happen for ourselves. Um, Rosie, I feel like you have a way that you can support us in uh, in making our own PR happen. Can you tell us a bit more about how we can connect with you and um, how you support business owners? Yes. Um, so I, I, we do, firstly, we do loads of online free workshops. Um, I've actually got one coming up soon um, about profile press. Um, so there's loads of free content, on, content online at PR Dispatch. We also have just started a YouTube channel. So if you're feeling really kind, I'm trying to follow in my accountant's footsteps uh, kind of 15 years later and <laughs> for people to find me on YouTube. So please go and watch our YouTube videos. You know, we're covering like press releases, how to find press contacts, all that sort of stuff. Um, we only work with product-based businesses, um, kind of e-com businesses. But if you do fall into that category, uh, you can find out more at prdispatch.com and come and follow me on Instagram. Um, no matter who you are, it's always nice um, to chat to loads of different kind of people. So it's at prdispatch. Perfect. 
Oh, thank you so much, Rosie. We've learned so much. I've made loads of notes as well, which is always amazing. <laughs> I'm like, right, come on, what are we going to do next? So um, I'm excited to see all of the press. I'm excited to open the paper at the weekend and find all the bookkeepers in it. Um, <laughs> thanks for coming to speak to us. And um, yeah, we'll see you everyone next week for another episode of the Bookkeepers Podcast. Take care. Thanks for joining us for the Bookkeepers podcast. Why not join us in the Six Figure Bookkeepers Club at sixfigurebookkeeper.club or visit our website sixfigurebookkeeper.com. 